Welcome to the FBCLB podcast, where you'll find the preaching of Dave Delaney, pastor of the First Baptist Church of Long Beach. Thanks for listening. We come this evening to Exodus chapter number 20, and we're going to find ourselves hanging out on verse number 7, which is the third uh, of the Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter number 20, and then verse number 7. And if you found your place, and if you're willing and able, stand with me uh, out of respect for the reading of God's Word. Exodus chapter number 20 and verse number 7. Let's read verse number 7 together in unison. Can we uh, try that this evening? Verse number 7. Let's read this verse together. Ready? Begin. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name. Let's read it again one more time. Verse number 7. The third commandment. And here we go. Thou shalt not... For the Lord will not hold him guiltless. Our Heavenly Father, we pray that you would this evening, Father, teach us uh, great truths about your wonderful name. And may we consider your name dear and precious and worthy and altogether separate. Father, and I pray that we would treat your name, Father, with the worth, Father, that you and your name alone are due. And in Jesus' name we pray. And all the church said together, amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Your name matters. Your name matters to you. Your name matters because of what people think about you. Your name has some sort of, of implication about what people think about your identity, about the kind of person that... The people think you are, your name matters. You ever met or heard of someone having your same name? The name David Delaney is not a popular name, but there are different folks who have the same name. A quick Google search, you'll find out there is a David Delaney who is a country music singer. It's not what I do as a second time job. It's not my, it's not my side hustle, I think Brother Fletcher would call that, right? There's a, there's a David Delaney who purchase, purchases houses somewhere here in Southern California. This is also not me. This is another person, although I'll gladly take whatever you know, profit he's making off of those home purchases or flips, right? Man, you find somebody who has your name, you think, well, well that's, not, that's not the real David Delaney. That, they're, these are all fakes, right? I'm the, I'm the real one. They're the, they're the fakes. Right? Your name matters because your name is your name. It matters to you. It marks you and identifies you. When someone hears your name, they think of something particular about you. The same way that when you hear someone else's name, you think of something particular about, about them. If I said Judas Iscariot, there's something immediate that kind of comes to your mind. If I said Adolf Hitler, there's something immediate that comes to your mind. You, you think of you think of something in particular. If I said Tom Brady, right? Well, let's get in the football mode, right? There's something particular comes to your mind. Some of you, most of you, th hoping loser tonight. That's what you're hoping for. Others, hoping winner. But there's, there's something particular about 
someone's name. It marks them and identifies them. Your name matters. As people begin to get to know you, man, then, then your name embodies a certain kind of characteristics, embodies uh, certain things about yourself, things you like, things you don't like. As you get to know someone else, I mean, you, get to, you get to know this individual, things that you don't like about them. And then all of a sudden, there's something, in, there's something related. Uh, uh, there's negative or positive characteristics related to a, a name, right? You, you, you begin having kids with your wife. I remember this. Uh, a man and I were having kids. There were, there were certain names that we did not want to name our children, right? Well, why? Because of really bad experiences in our past. Like, look, babe, you can have any name except this one, right? All names are fair, except this. You get these books, like 50,000 names, or whatever it is, right? You just go through and you scratch out all the ones that you don't like. Why? Because there's something, there's, there's some sort of context associated, there's some sort of character associated with that, with that name. And while our name marks us, while it identifies us, while there's certain characteristics about a name, or even our name, that carried along with it, your name is not who you are. Your name is just a name. Your name is not related to your being. It's not related to your worth. If your name is whatever it may be, it's just a given name that you have. It's, there's no sort of weight added to the name, right? It's, it marks you, it identifies you. There's certain characteristics that people think of when they hear your name. And certainly it's true, we don't want our names ridiculed, we don't know what our names made fun of. But our names only matter at kind of a surface level. They don't matter at the understanding of who we are. Which, which is a way to say, our names may identify us to the world, but they are not identifying for us. Okay, so whether someone thinks positively or negatively about your name, that does not necessarily mean that you are a positive or a negative person. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're adding worth to uh, your society, your culture, your family. It doesn't mean that you're taking it away either. And God's name is not like that, though. God's name is not simply marking him. It's not simply identifying him. God's name is related to his being. God's name is related to who he is. God's name is how he chooses to show himself in the world. He speaks his name. So we have two ideas tonight. Here's the first one about this commandment. What, what about this commandment, about taking, the, taking God's name in vain? Was Why does it matter? And then more simply, how should we apply this commandment in our day? So, so why does it matter first? Here it is, because God's name is an awesome name. Because his name stands alone. So, so taking God's name in vain is not simply a slip of the tongue. It's, it's not good enough for the Christian, for the believer, to say, oh, well, I just, I just messed up. Oh, you know, old habits die hard. I just, I'll, I'll try better next time. That's not, that's not enough. Well, why? Well, why does God, in verse number 7, say the third commandment? Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. If you really, if you really think about this, think about all the really awful, terrible things that God would tell us not to do. Anyway, idol worship, 
false worship, murder, adultery, right? All these things that God tells us not to do. But before he gets to any of those things, I mean, outside of idol worship, I mean, number three on the list is don't take my name in vain. Why? Because God's being, how God chooses to reveal himself in this world is associated with his name. So you're in the book of Exodus. Go back to chapter number three. You'll remember this, for, or perhaps you will remember this from our study already in Exodus, but Exodus chapter number three. And look with me at verse number 13, verse number 14. Exodus chapter 3, verse number 13 to verse number 14. Moses is asking God, man, who is it that I should tell the children of Israel that, that, he, that, that has sent me? Chapter 3, verse 13 14. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I am coming to the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say unto me, Well, what is his name? And I shall say unto them, right? Well, what shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. Now, this, is a, this is foundational, really. This, this, this interaction between God and Moses is foundational to understanding really all of the commandments, but this one in particular. Well, why? Because God speaks in, in his God reveals his name as this sovereign, self-existent, always existent being. I am that I am. He is that he is. And his name speaks about the sum of his person. It speaks about the sum of his character. It speaks about the sum of his essence. Go to Exodus chapter 33. You'll see another similar instance between God and Moses happening just like this. Exodus chapter 33. Look at verse number 18. Who should I tell them that sent me? Tell them I am that I am. That's where we get our understanding of, of what, it, what was known as Yahweh. That was the name that they gave to God because they were not allowed to say the name of God. Okay, so then verse 33, or chapter 33, verse 18. And he said, this is Moses, and he said, I beseech, show me thy glory. Look at verse 19. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy to whom I will show mercy. So it's very interesting. Moses says, God, I want to see your glory. And I, I, I want to understand your worth, your significance, your, your value. I want to see the weight that is you. God, show me your glory. And immediately, the way God shows Moses his glory is by proclaiming to Moses his name. So I'll let you see my glory by speaking my name to you. That's what he says. The way you'll see my worth, the way you'll see my value, the way you see my glory is by the name that I'm going to proclaim to you as I pass by you. So here it is. God, over and over with Moses, shows himself to Moses by speaking his name to Moses. The way God shows his worth, the way God shows his value, the way God shows his identity, his character, the, the the, the full and total sum of who he is is by his name. 
This continues in the New Testament, by the way. The disciples ask Jesus, how should we pray? Jesus teaches the disciples to pray. You'll remember the, the list of the Lord's Prayer, but included in there is, hallowed be, what is it? Hallowed be thy, hallowed be thy name. The apostles proclaim this about the name of Jesus. They say that there is no other name. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There's something about the name, there's something about proclaiming the name that shows the infinite worth, the, the sum existence of God. Paul assures the Romans, we'll get to this in a few weeks from now on Sunday morning, but Paul assures the Romans, everyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be what? Shall be, shall be saved. How, how are you saved? But by calling on the name of the Lord, you are saved. In fact, the culminating event of creation, the thing that ends all, the end all, be all, of, of everything that is, happens because at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, listen for it, to the glory of God the Father, Philippians chapter number 2. So at the name of Jesus, what is happening? I mean, this culminating event, the, the end all be all surrounding what? Surrounding his name. Man, we're saved by his name. We believe in his name. We're supposed to hollow his name. Moses wants to see the glory of God. God speaks his name. This, this, listen, this, this is foundational. This teaches us something about his awesome name. This is not just any other name. It's not just another name. It's not just another twist on the name. His name stands alone above all. Why the third commandment? This is why. Because when God desires to show himself, he speaks his name. You ever notice in the Old Testament how you have these different names like Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Nisi, how many of you have ever done a study on the names of God in the Bible? You want a really fun study, do that for homework this week. It's, it'll be, it, I promise it'll be well worth your time. Man, God revealing the kind of God he is. God revealing the kind of character he has. God revealing the kind of ways in which he works. By doing what? By giving a name to the children of Israel that identifies him more than just marking him, more than just saying, oh, positive and negative characteristics about a person. More than that, it's the way God shows his glory, the way God shows his worth, the way God shows the sum existence of himself is by proclaiming his name. So his name is awesome. Are we all on the same page there? You understand that? His name is awesome. So then second, last one. Only two points tonight. Second and last one. How should we apply then the third commandment? Okay, so look at it again. You're in Exodus chapter number 20. Are you there? Exodus chapter number 20. Look at verse number 7. Okay, so God's name stands alone above all the other names. God shows his glory by speaking his name. Verse number 7. Because this is true. 
Because this is how God shows his glory. Then you have this, the implication then is this commandment. So because of this truth, this is how God shows his glory by speaking his name. The implication then of the commandment, look at it with me, verse number seven, let's read it together. Ready, read. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. I believe that we should keep from taking God's name in vain, right? Which, which would be, I think, at least three things. Three ideas. First, when we take God's name in service with a falsehood, taking God's name in vain would be when we use God's name in service with a falsehood. By, by pro, we profane God's name, or we take God's name in vain, when we accuse him of doing things that are false. Okay, there's, there's certainly a way in which you can cry out to God. You can lament. That's what it's called in the Psalms. There's certainly a way that you can lament to God. You can cry out to God. The psalmist does this. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Right? But to, so there's, a, there's a certain crying out, lamenting. But to be angry with God. Right? To, be, to be bitter toward God. To accuse God. As if God somehow sinned against you or committed a crime against you. To, to call into question God's works, God's character, and taking your fist and shaking it at God and then saying, God, why'd you do this to me? I believe that is a way in which we use his name in vain. We use his name, we, we profane his name. I believe to call on God's name in order to manipulate a situation for us. I believe to, to call on God's name. Well, God told me to. I believe to use God's name in that way in order to manipulate a situation so that, so that we, it serves our own purposes. It accomplishes our own desires. It gets us what we want in the end. I believe that is a way in which we falsify the name of God. Maybe, maybe, this will be, maybe this will be closer to home. If we use God's name to give this false sense of authority to our ideas or authority to our plans or authority to our opinions, I believe that when we do that, we are violating God's third commandment. We're taking his name in vain. There are certainly some matters where it is, um, it's, it's beneficial, it's expedient to use God's name, right? It's certainly, there are certain situations where when you give God's name, you put God's name in there, it's more expedient for you, it goes better for you. You can manipulate the crowd to do what you want. Why? Because you, you, you have this kind of end all, be all. Well, God told me to. So to use God's name in that way, to falsify, give any kind of false authority, just to propagate your own ideas, is a way in which we violate the third 
commandment. Let me give you a couple of examples on this of where these sorts of things happen. Sometimes inside of a church, a church is trying to raise money for a building. We're trying to buy land. We're trying to get uh, some vehicles. We're trying to renovate different parts of our campus. And then the Lord opens up a door. We, we begin the careful study and counsel and advice, man, Lord, walking down this road. But then all of a sudden, man, it was kind of met with some resistance. Pastor, I'm not for sure if maybe we should do that. I believe falsifying God's name, using God's name in vain, would be to say, well, God said we should. Well, see, now all of a sudden, when you put that out there, well, now, now what can anybody say? What, what, what's anyone's response to that? Well, God said we should. Well, better, better to say, well, I believe after looking at all the information, after making a diligent, making this a matter of diligent prayer, I believe, I feel that this is what is best for us. I believe that, I believe, feel that this is what is best for our church. Here's the way that I think it can be God-pleasing. But to say, this is what God said, for us to do. Well, now anyone who has a reservation, anyone who has a hesitation, anyone who feels like that's a bad idea, now all of a sudden you aren't going against the pastor, you aren't just going against the church leaders, now all of a sudden you're going against God himself. And who would want to stand in that spot, right? You see how we can use God's name in a falsifying way that only props up our own authority, it props up our own ideas, should be very careful to claim that we have heard God's voice when in fact God has not spoken in that way to you or to me. When you say something like, this is what God has said, well, my own personal belief should be that it is in fact able to be found in something that God has said, which means it should strongly stand or at least be strongly supported in the scriptures. To say God has, here's how this works. In, in church cultures, they say, well, God has a special word for you and he gave me a special word for you and here's that special word. And if that special word is not a verse of the Bible, I believe you're using God's name in vain. I believe you ought to do that. I don't believe this is wise or good or becoming of us as Christians. Any word from God that supersedes the word of God is in fact no word from God at all. In any word from God that supersedes or is in addition to the word of God is in fact no word from God at all. So we should be very careful not to violate the third commandment by taking God's name in vain. And by what, what do we mean by that? By not falsifying his name, by not attaching his name to some sort of ideas. This is what happens often in counseling. Somebody will come in and say, Pastor, man, this is what I'm going through and, and here's what I'm thinking and, and I, I really believe God wants me to do this. How many of you know, when you say that, you are, now, you are no longer looking for counsel? Well if, well, if God wants you to do it, why are you asking me? What, what would my opinion matter at all at this point 
in the conversation. And as believers, we should be very careful not to just throw God's name as some sort of tag, as some sort of just end-all, be-all to whatever our own idea is. This is how I get you to do what I want. This is what I believe we ought to do. And God said it. God told me. Ah, now what do you say? Well, maybe you're listening. Maybe it's just too much pizza, Pastor. I'm not for sure what it was. You should be very careful about saying that. We can certainly say things like we searched, the, we, we, we searched for the will of the Lord. We, we, we made it a matter of prayer. And by the way, I, I believe in any good church culture with good church leadership that that's what the answer will be. We made this a matter of prayer and to the best of our understanding, to the best of our ability and with seeking and getting counsel. This is what we believe the Lord would have us to do, but we can't say, this is what God told me to do. We can say, well, this is what we think God's, this is what we feel after getting counsel. This is the idea. We're open for suggestion or opinion on it. We should be careful not to take God's name in vain with, in service with falsehood. You got that one? Number two. We should be careful not to take God's name in service with frivolousness. With falsehood, with frivolousness. And here, here's what I mean by this. You get to Matthew chapter number 6, and Jesus says that we should refrain from using God's name in some sort of vain repetition. We should not just, should not just use God's name over and over and over and over and over. There are certainly religious structures and cultures where this is what they do. They just say the name Jesus a hundred times over and over and over and over as if to work up some sort of feeling, as if to work up some sort of thing, as if, to, as if God didn't hear us the first time we said His name. Right? should not use God's name frivolously. should not just say his name over and over and over as if his name carries no weight, as if his name has no meaning. This is not to say that when a young Christian is beginning to learn how to pray, maybe fearful of praying, he isn't comfortable. Sometimes children, when they pray, this is how they express themselves, right? They maybe aren't so good at articulating a prayer, so they'll say the Lord's name over and Lord help us with this and Lord help us with that and Lord help us with this, right? And sometimes they do this in their prayers. Not to, not to say that they're wrong. It's not, even not to say that we should correct them in, in, as children. But it's certainly true that as we mature and as we grow in learning how to pray and in learning how to have conversation with the Lord, that we should refrain from just using God's name vain with, with or in regards to vain repetition. It would sound like, and Lord, have mercy on me. Oh, Lord, please. Lord, thank you for sending Jesus, Lord, to die on the cross, Lord, for my sins, Lord. We should, we should be careful about that, as if God's name is just some sort of filler in the prayer, as if it's just adding extra words so we can hit a certain amount of time limit. I believe also what this phrase is arguing against is, is, is heaping phrases upon phrases upon phrases, names upon names, as if to pray, as, as if our prayer, including all these different names of God, somehow makes it more impressive. 
Because I can say all these names, well, that makes, that makes me sound super religious. So we throw all these names out there. We would add all these names in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, our sovereign Savior who died on the cross and infinite Redeemer who lives forever and is coming back eternally. And we add all this in just some sort of fluffy way so that way everyone listening to us talk think more highly of us than they ought to. You've heard people do this in conversation, perhaps even read letters that they've written. They're, they're using God's name carelessly, mindlessly. They're just tagging all kinds of phrases on, just building this long list of God's names. This is using God's name in vain. This is using God's name frivolously. Do, do not give in to just vain repetition. It was very clear. Jesus asked the disciples, but who do you say that I am? And Thomas and Peter, the, these men have a great title for Jesus. You, you are Jesus Christ. You are Lord, you, you are Lord of all. This is, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is sufficient. Thou art Jesus the Christ. Yeah, but what does everybody else say that I am? All these titles, all these prescriptions, all these adjectives. Yeah, yeah, but who do you say I am? You're Christ. That's good enough. Certainly, using God's name would frivolously would include, and hear me on this, certainly using God's name frivolously would include taking God's name and using it at the end of some sort of excitable situation or using it as a cuss word. Just tagging onto the end of something that's happening to you. Some, some sort of use of, uh, oh my God. Or using God's name as, as Jesus Christ, as if something bad just happened. Now you're inserting this name into a, to punctuate a frustration in your life. To take God's name that way shows that you carry God's name lightheartedly, carelessly, perhaps even with indifference beyond, way beyond apathetic toward it. I believe we should stay away from all kinds of casual expressions about God's name. I believe we should fight against using, oh my God. We hear this all the time on TV, in our culture, in our day. Even among believers, you'll hear them say things like, OMG. I believe these are things that should not be on the lips of believers or in the text messages of believers. I believe we ought to talk that way about God's name. I believe you're using this awesome name of God where God speaks to show himself strong and mighty and you're using it in a way to... Uh, to enunciate some sort of expression that you're feeling. There are all kinds of other things you could say. To use God's name. You say, well, Pastor, that sounds, that sounds really old-fashioned because don't you know where we're living now? Yeah, I know where we're living. I understand the times. That's why I think it's, this commandment couldn't be any more particular, any more pertinent for you and for me. We should stay away from that altogether should see God's name as worthy, should just see God's name as some expression of our frustration. To use God's name as a curse word is wrong. Not right. To use God's name as some sort of expression of shock or, or excitement or, or anger or outrage 
is not becoming of a Christian. It's not becoming of you and me. We should fight against that. And when we find ourselves violating that commandment, we should ask the Lord to forgive us. And we should ask the Lord to wipe those kinds of expressions from our lips as, as, as they were wrong, because they certainly are. The improper slang over time. And it, it changes over time. I'm thankful. My parents, growing up, this was, these, these kind of words were not allowed in my house. We weren't allowed to use Jesus or Jesus Christ in any sort of expressive sense. If something bad happened, you weren't allowed to say things like, oh my God, right? My, my parents went even so far to keep us even from slang words, things like geez. Even, even that, it's a, it's, a, it's a slang. It's a, it's a shortened abbreviation for Jesus Christ. And it's slang it down. Now, when people use the phrase, oh, geez, all the time, without any real weight or understanding of where that phrase even came from. It came from a reduced version of the word Jesus, of the name's Jesus Christ. It's, it's, not, it's not something that should be on our lips as believers. Not, not something that should be a part of our vocabulary as believers. Moms and dads, help your children in this way. Help your children in this way. And you watch a show and they use God's name and they use it in vain. You should take a minute and pause it, mute it. Say, hey, we don't, we don't use God's name that way. That's not right. They shouldn't do that. Improper slang can change over time. But if we care about honoring God, if we care about giving God glory, if we care about showing Him worth, then we should not want to see God's name dishonored in any way, used flippantly in any way, used as just some expression of whatever situation we find ourselves in. Listen, believers, that, that should shock us. That should shock us when someone uses the name that way. Last one. Man, we should refrain from... Using God's name in service with falsehood. We should refrain from using God's name in service with uh, frivolousness. We should refrain in using God's name in service of that which is phony. A phony does not actually begin with an F, but it begins with the sound of an F. So that's why I went with it. The, the, the violation, I believe, this violation speaks of things like carelessness or hypocritical worship. We're human, just like everyone else. And there are certainly times where we get distracted. I think this happens easily inside of the song service at the church. Your mind wanders as you just sing things about the Lord Jesus Christ. You sing about Jesus. Your mind wanders. You get distracted. All of a sudden you are saying great truths, deep and wonderful truths, Words about Jesus, even words of Jesus himself. Listen, without giving any sort of serious thought to what was just said. Without giving any sort of weight to what we just sang. A song we sang just a little while ago, the Brother Fletcher led us, and there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. That's a great Christian truth. Man, and sinners plunged beneath that flood. What happens? They lose all their guilty stains. So while it's true we are human and our minds at times do get distracted, we should fight against that when, we, when we're speaking, or in particular when we're singing these great truths about God. We should really think about the words that we are using. 
We should be careful to have our minds engaged when we are singing. Don't keep saying great truths or words about Jesus or even Jesus' name if you are not willing to actually give thought to what you just said. If you aren't willing to actually pause for a second and take in what that song must mean. I imagine this happens a lot in our political circles, right? Politicians are good at using God's name, giving titles, saying things like, God bless you, or God bless America, but there's no sincerity in actually saying that. They mean, God bless America by letting me become the next president, right? It's often the, it used phony, no sincerity, no meaning, no thought behind what that would look like, what that should entail. As Christians, we sin every time we besmirch the name by with which we are called. We should be willing to act and think and speak and feel a way that is proper about God's holy name. When you get to the New Testament, Paul says that everything we do we should do, and we should want to do, in a way that honors and reverences God's name. Everything you do, do to the honor and the glory of God's name. Well, that keeps us from taking these bumper stickers and just slapping them onto the back of whatever we're trying to get done. Whatever we feel is expedient, whatever we feel is beneficial getting our own agenda passed. Let us choose to live in line with the third commandment. Let us choose to live in line with the way that says, I don't want to be guilty of taking God's name in vain, using it falsely, using it frivolously, using it in a phony way, hypocritically. 